You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Everything happens for a reason, and that reason is there to serve me. That short declaration will change your life, if you're willing to embrace it. Hello, storytellers, and welcome to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I believe, as you know, that readers are leaders. That's why I've chosen Audible as our sponsor. They're offering you, the listeners of this show, a downloadable, free audiobook of your choice. You get to choose from more than 180,000 titles. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. I love getting comments from the listeners, from you, the storytellers. Different opinions, different takeaways, different moments of inspiration. Keep those ideas coming and also your comments about what you'd like to see in this show going forward. Send them to loseclub at gmail.com. That's L-O-U-S-C-L-U-B at gmail.com. And if you're a regular listener, you're obviously getting some value from this show. Let other people know about that and increase the visibility of the show. Pay it forward by paying a visit to iTunes and leaving a brief review sharing your takeaways, and at the same time, give us a five-star rating, and thank you in advance for doing that. Today's guest is a man who had the wisdom to trust the idea that everything happens for a reason that is there to serve him, but more about that later. This man's gift is his ability to help you overcome any fear of public speaking Build what he calls your signature talk. Speak on stages with your exact avatar client or customer in the audience. Make a lot of money and have great fun doing it. He's trained hundreds of people to become powerful speakers and grow their brand from the stage. He and his team have booked over 20,000 events, generated more than $40 million in revenue, and reached tens of millions of people since 2003. Get ready for an exciting shot of adrenaline and confidence as you listen to Pete Vargas. Pete, welcome to Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you. You're quite welcome. Let's start with where you were born, Pete. Yeah, I was born in Friona, Texas, a small little town right outside of Hereford, Texas, which is where I grew up was actually in Hereford, Texas. And what was that like? You know, there it's called the beef capital of the world, and it's we have more cattle per capita than any other place in the world, and so it was a it was a great place. Grew up just um 
you know, I grew up there and was back and forth from there in Arizona because of my, my parents and growing up in a broken family. And so I kept going back and forth. But every time that I'd end up in Hereford, it was it, it every time I go there, it feels it's a reminder of family and friendships and a lot of incredible memories. Small town, not much to do, but just a, a relationally um, one of the best places in, 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 in the world to me. <laughs> That's just from my perspective, just because of the people. Beautiful. And who would you say had the greatest influence on you when you were a child? Uh, the Merrick family. Not even, uh, you know, I, and that, I say that quickly. My grandmother, my both of my grandmothers had a, a huge influence on me from the perspective of just taking care of me, loving me, helping me get through college. Um, and so, per, like, personally, they had the greatest influence on me. But the Merrick family, Garth and Susie Merrick, uh, had a profound impact on me. He was an entrepreneur in Herford, Texas. He owned a company called Beef and More Dog Food, uh, which he just sold a few years ago. And um, my best friend growing up was his son, Tyler Merrick. And um, every single one of them had a profound impact on me. Garth, Susie, uh, Tyler, Sloan, Noel, Teal, all of the family had a, a, a really deep impact on my life. What would be the, the most powerful or inspiring thing that you got from them? Whew, I, I couldn't pick between two, and it's pretty easy. Uh, well, actually, as I say that, a third comes up, and man, what a great question. Number one was their faith. Um, they helped me understand um, what was missing in my life, my whole life. I, I always knew something was missing, and they're the ones that introduced, to me, introduced me to my faith in God, um, which is today the most important thing in my life. The second thing that they introduced me to that I hadn't seen much of except in, in my grandmother's house was family and what family looked like, what what healthy family looked like for me. Because my earliest memory as a kid was my parents yelling and screaming at who was going to keep me and who was going to keep my sister in a bag, battle of tug of war. And when I was four or five years old, the earliest memory I had is it's not going to be like this one day for my family. And it was amazing how God brought them into my life to model what an incredibly healthy family, a loving family, a kind family, a caring family looks like. So that's the second thing. And then the third thing is simply Garth was an entrepreneur and Ty is an entrepreneur and is, and my best friend Tyler is an entrepreneur. He owns a big company in California called Project 7, which is in all major, many, many major retailers. And so they gave me my first shot at being an entrepreneur. <laughs> that was the third biggest thing that they did for me. Garth allowed me to go work in Sam's clubs which if you're familiar with Sam's, they have like, you can demo things at Sam's as, as vendors. And so he would have me demo uh, their dog food, which they could, people would come to the dog aisle. I would, uh, the dog food aisle, I would convince them that this product was better than I am's or I am's or science diet, I think, or science diet or two of the top brands. And I would tell them to try it. And then I would try to make, convince them to actually buy a big bag of it. And Garth gave me that shot, and I was like the top guy in any of their Sam's Clubs one Saturday. And I remember him calling me and telling me how proud of me he was. And so they gave me my first opportunity as an entrepreneur, as like a young kid as well. Wow, that's that's a wonderful story. Now, you've begun to hint at it, but I know there's more to this. So can you explain to our listeners how your personal pain transformed into one of your greatest gifts? Yeah, my, my parents got divorced at a very young age. They got separated twice, actually. And, uh, yeah, it was an early struggle with them. And so my dad took me in, and and um, 
and throughout my elementary years, it was a very abusive relationship, um, physically, verbally, um, you know, anytime it, the Cowboys lost, I remembered what that meant for me. I remember he couldn't afford babysitters, so he'd leave me at our trailer all by ourselves, or he would take me to the nightclubs at night because he couldn't afford a babysitter for me. And so I just remember growing up and going and living with my grandmother as a, as a seventh grader. And I remember my dad coming back into my life around eighth or ninth grade. I can't remember exactly when. And I remember wanting to restore that relationship with him. And nothing worked for us. Like, we tried everything. And, and the Merrick family actually helped me. Like, they, they, you know, Tyler and me, and we always kind of thought, like, how can we make things right with my dad? And nothing really worked. And um, I went off to school. I thought I was going to be the next Jerry Maguire in college and chose not to do that because of the fact that I wasn't, I was tired of school and I didn't want to go to law school. And so I got a couple of opportunities out of college, and I came back to Hereford, Texas, and took over as youth pastor for a small little tech church that I had grown up in and where my faith, I had really been introduced to my faith, instead of taking a corporate job in, in Dallas, Texas. And so I came back, and I took over, and the number one thing that I did when I came back, there was only three girls there the first Wednesday night, only three kids, Jory, Stacy, and Mackenzie, and I remember thinking, um, I got a lot to do. And I wasn't a speaker. I had no Bible training, no theology training, like none of that. And I didn't like to speak. And so I told these girls we were going to build this youth group and I was going to bring in powerful speakers who were going to transform our kids and our community's lives. And they bought into that that day. They bought into this idea that speakers could transform um, our community. And, and your audience is listening today. And as we get into this, the thing I want them to know is stages in speaking can have such a profound impact on the people that you're trying to serve. And it did on our youth group. We literally grew from three to 750 kids in four years. We would bring in Super Bowl MVPs. We bring in stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home dads, health and wellness experts, CEOs, entrepreneurs, financial advisors, Harlem Globetrotters. Like we brought in everybody. And every one of these speakers would do something to, to really inspire my kids but what I would see is after the speakers left, my kids would take action upon whatever they just had spoke about in that hour. And so little by little, the youth group grew. My last Wednesday night, there were like 750 kids there, and it was beautiful. Three out of those, two out of those three girls that were there on the first, very first Wednesday night, I've actually officiated their wedding to this day. And uh, the other one still hasn't gotten married, but she will, and I'm sure she'll call me. And, but one of the speakers that came in, his name was Daryl Scott. His daughter was the first girl killed at Columbine back in 1999. And he was probably the 20 to 25th speaker that I brought in. And he spoke. He shared his message. And he gave his final challenge. And he said, there's uh, five people in your life that you need to let them know how much you love them. Because um, you never know how long they're going to be on this earth with you or vice versa. And I was like, oh, that's easy. My best friend, Tyler. Uh, Garth, Susie, like um, my my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, and I knew who it was. And I uh, he, then he gave the little conviction. He goes, and some of them you're not in good standings with today. And I was 23 years old. I hated. I did not like my dad. We hadn't made things amended. He had done a lot of things to me, even in my teenage years, that weren't okay. And. Uh, I thought, what am I going to do? And what am I going to do? I'm not going to go tell him I love you. Like, he needs to tell me he loves me. He needs to tell me he forgives me. 
And, uh, but then Daryl said, listen, some of them I know you're at struggles with. So bring them back tonight to the parent event. Bring them back to the parent event and let me challenge them. Let me encourage them. And so I begged my dad to come back that night. He came back to the night event. We sat in the back row because he did, he doesn't, you know, he, that's just who he is. He likes to sit in the very back. And at the end of that presentation, I was ready. Like I was ready for my dad to hug me and tell me that he was sorry. And 23 years old. And, uh, and my dad didn't say a word. Every single parent and every grandparent in that auditorium were hugging their kids, hugging their grandkids, many of them hugging me, thanking me for bringing this man in. My dad didn't say a word to me, and I was furious. I was like, if that can't do it, nothing's going to work. And I kind of gave up on my dad that night. And a lot of times in our lives, we give up just a little bit before we strike oil. And I don't mean that from a financial success term. You know, I'm just saying, like, we, we, we give up right before we're about to hit, hit it. And, and I almost gave up that night. And um, two weeks later, three weeks later, I got a letter in the mail and my dad said, I'm sorry for the father I've been. Here my son is having an impact on hundreds of kids' lives, and I can't have an impact on my only son's life. He asked me for a second chance to do things right, and he told me in this letter for the first time in a really long time, multiple times, how much he loved me and how proud he was of me. And my wife and I just wept, and we cried, and we thought, what just happened? And as I reflected on it, I thought the power of one hour on a stage is what finally took made my dad take action to ask for forgiveness. And that was the day that I subconsciously dedicated my life to stages for the rest of my life because I saw what happened. I saw forgiveness taking place. And so I called Daryl and I said, Daryl, you got to get this mess. I solicited his cell phone number. I said, you got to get this message out to everybody across the world. And he said, I don't know how to do that. And I said, well, I'm going to help you. And I was a young, naive, 23-year-old kid. And starting with him, but now thousands of other students, we've helped book over 25,000 stages across the world. And those stages have generated tens of, or tens of millions of dollars of products and services, donations, advocacy that has come as a result of those stages. And so, yes, the stage that I heard him on generated forgiveness but what begins to happen through all of these stages is that it generates something it generates a donor it generates a product it, it generates a service it generates an advocate a follower but at the end of the day it impacts people's businesses their relationships their health their wealth their finances and i believe stages are one of the fastest ways to be able to do that and i've got 15 years of me seeing it firsthand to prove it and so out of that like pain of my dad is really what catapulted what I've been doing for the last 15 years because of a man changing my dad and I's relationship from a stage. That is such a powerful story. Thank you so much for sharing it. And uh, are you familiar with a marketer named um, Alex Mendozian? Yeah, Alex is a, Alex is a, I would say a friend and, 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 uh, He's learning from us, right? I mean, where he's coming to one of our events coming up, up and coming. So I know him. Yes, sir. Fantastic. Because he has this expression at some his events that if you have a backpack moment, he wants you to raise your hand. And mm. that is a moment when what you hear 
has given you the value of the entire event. It's your major takeaway, and you could easily put your backpack on and leave, and you would have gotten tremendous value. Well, uh, storytellers listening, I think that Pete just gave a lot of you a backpack moment about changing one's story and changing one's life. Mm. Fabulous. Just fabulous. Thank you. Now, how did you go ahead and develop your public speaking skills? That's a good question. Like, you know, a lot of people fear public speaking, and it's like the greatest fear. Um, A lot of people would rather die than get on stage. And I think I've got some encouragement for people today, because if I really truly believe stages are the most powerful way to get your message out to the world, and it connects deep, and it's been around for 2,000 years, uh, I mean, it's the longest standing thing you know, that exists out there, then I've got to make sure that we help them overcome that fear. Well, it first started with me. And so remember, in as I was a youth pastor, I didn't like to speak every week. And so I brought in speakers. Part of that was because I knew how those speakers had influenced my kids and attract more kids into the building. But another part of that subconsciously was I didn't have the confidence to get on a stage. And then for 13 years of starting my company in 03, up until 2015, I didn't have to get on a stage. I was the one that was responsible, the Wizard of Oz. We created the system to put people on stages. And so we have like a predictable system, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So I didn't have to develop it, which was great. Like, it was really good. I was the guy behind the curtain, the Wizard of Oz. And then a couple of years ago, three years ago, I was at a Brennan Bouchard event, and I knew that I was supposed to take this out on a bigger scale than I had been taking it. So I got on stage, and I forced myself to get on stage for three minutes. I upgraded to the VIP. And if you will see me, you see fear in my eyes. You see my hands shaking. I I, I hated that I had to have a handheld mic because my hand was shaking. And in three minutes, I knew it was something that I had to perfect because I saw the way that the audience responded to my dad's story. I had three minutes and I shared my dad's story in three minutes and I knew I had something that the world needed. That's the more important piece to it as I knew I had something that the world needed. And so how do I develop it? I got a coach and his name is Pat Quinn and he is, he is, uh, I got a, I got help with my storytelling from a gentleman by the name of Bo Eason. Um, but then I, I got, Pat Quinn involved to help me develop my signature talk and really get clear on that one talk and begin to establish the confidence that I wanted to have on stages. And then it just became a matter of practice, 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 practice. And so here's what I tell people. And yesterday I was on the phone with one of our students, Ryan Levesque, and Ryan reaffirmed this because he's an introvert. Like I tell people that when you think about public speaking, I don't even like that terminology because people think you have to go live on the road and be a road warrior. And they're thinking about stages of 10,000 people. No, the very first stage that you're on is the conversations that you're having about what you do and how you serve people. And you're having those one-on-one. And so that's the first thing I want you to know is that you're having conversations one-on-one. That's a stage right now. And when you get to the point where you're so confident in what you have to offer the world, that's when I just want you to up-level a little bit and now all of a sudden go to the stage of five people or 10 people or 25 people. Just start really small. But as soon as you get confidence in the fact that what you have will serve the world, then just kind of up-level it a little bit and get on a smaller stage. There's millions of small stages that exist across the world. And then you just begin to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. 
And here's what happens is people do a couple of things to not get that confidence. Number one, they're like, I couldn't ever be on that stage at 5,000 or 500. Well, guess what? None of those people started there. And so don't think you have to start there if it scares you. The second thing they do wrong is they're focused on their fears and themselves instead of being focused on the audience and how they can serve the audience. So when they can begin to shift that, like the focus, like self-focus of fear to know I want to serve the audience, then you overcome this fear. And how do you do that? You do that because you're such, you are confident in the expertise that you have to serve the world. And so the encouragement that I would give to your listeners today is I believe this with my whole heart. You are one great signature talk away from making a significant impact on a lot of people's lives. You don't need two or three or four or five. For the first 12 to 18 months of my business, the, the second version of my business, which is Advance Your Reach, I had the same signature talk and now three years into the business, I have three different talks, but it all started with one. And so really get that confidence in your speaking abilities, your speaking skills, and recognize that you only need one great talk. And I'm very grateful to Pat Quinn, who uh, is an amazing man and somebody I can introduce you to. And he's helped New York. I mean, he's helped, you know, thousands of our students, hundreds of our students, if not thousands of them, really get confident in that one great signature talk. You shared that with such clarity and passion. Obviously, a person who has learned it through doing and really knows it. You can feel that. And the gentleman who helped you with storytelling was Bill what? Oh, no. Bo Eason helped me with storytelling. Bo Eason. And then uh, Pat Quinn helped take those stories and really understand how to craft the talk. Yeah. How, how do you spell Heason? E A S O N. E A S O N. Okay. Now, would you also say that uh, when a person is intimidated by the number of people that they're going to speak to, that if they really approach it as it doesn't matter how many bodies are in the audience, you're basically speaking always? to one particular person. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm saying it's no different whether it's one-on-one or one-to-many. You're speaking to one person, and it's that person whose life that you can make an impact in their business, maybe in their marriage, in their parenting, in their finances, in their health, in their mindset. You're speaking to the avatar of the person that you know that you can help change their lives. Mm. And the talk is intended to provide value, and then them say, man, I don't want to do this on my own. I want to do it with that person who just spoke from the stage. The great Zig Ziglar said, I never changed somebody's life with my my speaking gigs, but sometimes they bought my tapes and cassettes. And if they bought my tapes and cassettes, I had a, I have a shot at changing their lives. Mm-hmm. He knew that it wasn't the stage that was going to change their lives. It was when they he was got to be in their ears day in and day out that was going to change their lives. And so the power of a stage and what we see in the amount of people that will go work with you from that stage You just begin to gradually evolve one to one, one to four, one to 10. And maybe you don't go that slow. Maybe you go one to one, one to 25, one to 100. But guess what? I'm on stages now of, you know, thousands of people. And but it started with the first stage of 50 people and really the first stage of 30 people, you know. So like it all that's where I really want to encourage people to start. Beautiful. 
Pete, what was your worst public ex- uh, speaking experience? And I don't mean the very first one at Brendan Bouchard's when you were, your hands were shaking, but once you became a speaker officially, what was your worst experience? If you have one. Yeah, you know, um, I think my first one without like getting into the, any of the nuts and bolts or details is when I really wasn't in alignment with um, maybe the event or the person hosting the event, like, like in alignment, like I think it's important. People talk about core values and I'm really, really established our core values that adventure reached stronger than ever before in the last year. And I think like you got to make sure, you know, that like there was just an uh, in alignment of, of, you know, like, uh, and so maybe the event wasn't as great. So that's one thing that comes to mind. But another thing that comes to mind is an experience where I wasn't prepared I got lazy and it's because I was traveling and I was going from one event to another and I didn't prepare like I normally prepare. Like I have a routine, like I want to serve every audience that I'm in front of. And I can remember like one specific audience and I don't want to say which audience it is, but I remember not preparing and I don't just prepare before I get on site. Like I prepare before I ever show up on site. Like I'm going through things. I'm reviewing like my slides. I'm thinking about that audience. I'm adding some customization based on that crowd and that, that, and then I have my pregame where I, I, I pray, I um, meditate and then I get up and I actually put on a song that kind of gets me excited and I dance around. And this was one of those times that I didn't do it. And it showed. It really, really showed. And um, and, and I haven't done it. That's a mistake that I don't make anymore. And what was the result of that? Like how, what, how did it manifest? It manifested in me being late, me being sloppy, maybe me not having the impact that I so desire to have on every stage I have. So it, it, yeah, it was just a lot of that, and and my team could see it too. My team actually saw it as well, mm-hmm. and and they brought it to my attention. So when your team sees it, you know, uh, yeah. So that's what that's the manifestation of it. And now let's flip the coin. What about your best to date public speaking experience? How would you? Here's where I'd love you. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back at you. Like you, best as in greatest impact. Uh, best as in biggest results meaning like wow we just did that stage and it was the turned out to be the biggest results like where would you like me to go with best because i've had a i've had a few bests but they're different like they're 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 best for different reasons does that make sense not only does it make sense i mean i would expect you as a professional to ask me that question because uh a person could give a presentation where people come up to him or her after and say Wow, what an incredible presentation. You are an awesome speaker. And those people don't take action. They don't buy any of the life-changing material. They, yes. they, they were just dazzled by the speech and by the technique. That wouldn't really qualify as the best. I would say the best would be one in which you were in great form in terms of your technique and delivery and you made an impact that was that you could measure yeah that's great well there there you go you 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 defined it for us like to us a lot of speakers and we have speaker after speaker tell us like i've so to me being at your best is inspiring it's 
teaching or educating, not teasing, not teasing, actually teaching. People either love it or hate it when I say that, but in like kind of the internet marketing space, a lot of times it's like they teach you to tease. And I'm like, nope, I'm against the grain on that. We teach. So it's inspiration, it's teaching, and it's converting, making sure people go deeper with you, whether that's donations or followers or a product or a service. So a lot of the times the speaker will get up there and we've had speaker after speaker after speaker from John Rulin, who wrote the book Giftology, to Frank Shamrock, I think five-time UFC champion, to multiple people say, oh my gosh, I've left tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions or tens of millions on the table from not being at my best. And now I see best completely different because of your methodology, Pete. And it's the same thing that you just said. And so with that as the criteria, um, I would have to say it was um, the World Series of Sales. If from defining that, um, I'll, ta- I'll talk about two events that I loved in the past year. I've loved, there's been probably a handful that have been amazing. But the World Series of Sales, I got the opportunity to speak there. Michael Phelps was the opening keynote. Howie Mandel was the closing keynote. And I like to say it, I was the Mexican in the middle that nobody knew. <laughs> and, uh, and, and they got big honorariums. And I got an honorarium. It's an incredible organization. And uh, that weekend, we have, a, we have a, and I just say this for context sake, we have a workshop where people come out and we build out their campaign to get them on stages. Like we actually build it all out, their, their marketing collaterals and all of that. And so in the last five or seven minutes of my talk, I got to just mention that workshop. It was something that I asked the gentlemen, the people running the event, if it was okay if I did. And there were four or 500 people in the audience. I think it was 500 people in the audience when I spoke. And it's an, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a a good investment of a workshop. It's an $8,000 workshop. And I felt I did an incredible job of preparing. I had a speech the day before in Vegas, and then I spoke in Orlando. So I prepared on the plane. I did my pregame routine. I did everything like, like I want to do. And we saw 125 people, 100 to, just shy of 125 people that took us up on our workshops. It was literally my first million dollar stage. Mm. And, um, and you know, it was amazing. It was, it was amazing. And that stage has since, you know, you know, it's even gotten bigger because a lot of the folks have continued to work with us in another one of our programs or something else that we do. So from a results driven standpoint, that one was freaking phenomenal. The only other one I would mention is I got to speak at JJ Virgin stage, um, two years ago or a year ago and she's a New York Times bestselling author and she has one of the coolest health and wellness events and not only did that stage have a similar result like a very successful result from a that standpoint but um, my health really my health was awakened because of what I got to experience that weekend at her event and then the last piece is I was the highest rated speaker which is a really great thing for a meeting planner to be able to see that when you're one of the top rated speakers, we are the highest rated speaker. And so a lot of the times I think what happens is people are more concerned about being a higher rated speaker than, than making sure that you do an incredible job of teaching people um, really well and giving them the opportunity to see that they need to go deeper with you because it's when they go deeper with you that you change their lives. Mm. And so sometimes you compromise wanting to do all the cool techniques and all of the cool stuff on stage and you forget about the fact that nobody you know, signed up or nobody gave you their contact info or nobody asked to go deeper with you. They're like, oh, that was good. What did you learn? Uh, I don't know, but he was really entertaining or she was really entertaining and really had some cool things 
um, that they did, you know, techniques. And so the cool thing about JJ stage is not only was the result there, meaning we had a lot of people come to our workshops, we were the highest rated speaker and we got invited back the next year. So that was another really cool success story. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I had the uh, the pleasure this past, uh, was it in May to be uh, in a, I was at a, a, a workshop where she was one of the speakers. Oh, and, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, what year was the one where you uh, you said it was your first million dollar stage? When did that happen? That happened this year in January. Oh, wow! That's yes, fa- sir. Fabulous. Yes, sir. It was. It was. It was. I. I just got to tell you, like, it wasn't like we knew it was going to be a great stage, but we had no idea. Like, I. Um, my wife and I went back into the hotel room that night with our whole team. We had like four or five team members there, one, two, three, four team members there. And I just, I was in tears. I was in, I was in tears. And the, the thing that I want people to understand is that uh, folks aren't doing stages right. Like they're not doing stages correctly. They think they have to go be a road warrior and live on the road. Now, some people feel like they're in a season of life to do that. And I honor that. But the person who is avoiding speaking is one, because A, they're scared of it, which we tackle tackles already, or B, they're like, that can't be a great customer acquisition strategy for me, or it can't help me attract more customers. I would call BS on that. Stages have been around for 2,000 years. Like Paul, a missionary, used to go city to city. In order to sustain his missions, he'd have to ask for money. And it was from stages that he did that. <laughs> the Colosseum stages and it's been around for 2000 years and what i would tell people is i I say this a lot like think about the yellow pages like 30 years ago they were huge and think about like now today if you put all your money in the yellow pages it's like it's difficult or think about you know uh things like you know phone advertising or, or you know tv um tv or radio used to be so much easier than it is today like Facebook used to be easier seven years ago than it is today. Like things just get difficult and they come and they go, but stages are the thing that's been around forever and they're not going anywhere. And the reason why people avoid them is they don't know how to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have helped Michael, not that he wanted help. I could have helped Howie Mandel. You know, we're getting a chance to chat with Damon Johns folks. Like, yeah, a keynote fee is just one piece of the equation, but people don't do stages correctly. And and that's where my wife and I just like, we didn't just get to go celebrate and cry. We got to say like, listen, there's a reason why we understand stages better than anybody. And and we got to practice what we preach. And, and what we had done for so many others, we now are doing for ourselves, which is really, really cool. Mm, love it. So, you can put butts in seats or hearts in seats. Tell us the difference. Yeah, I love, I'll tell you who's open. I, I came into this industry, and i got to give props to my cousin on this one. I came into this industry, and I've always heard the term butts in seats. That's, it's basically a terminology of how do I get people at my own events. So, this is not when you're going to other people's events, but when you're at your, your own events. And I just the terminology is butts and seats, and I just it never resonated with me. And then my cousin Anthony, um, who uh, I'm grateful that he brought this to my attention, he's like, "No, we're gonna get we're gonna get a lot of hearts and seats." And you know, it's just a different perspective of how you see your audience when you see them as a butt in a seat. Like I'm not saying it's bad. It's it's a it's a terminology that people use, and I think most people don't mean anything harsh with it or mean by it. It's just become a used term. 
use use terminology, but I love the idea of a heart in a seat because if you can get in a heart in a seat, it, you're, you're, you have a different approach of how you're getting them in there. Like to me, like if you're thinking butts in the seats, it's like do whatever it takes to get them in the room. And like the hearts in the seats are helping us find the right people that we want to be in the room. So, you know, it's just the terminology difference and, and, and even I think how people show up different because that means how you how you got them there was different than like the just do whatever it takes to get them there. So if I'm hearing you correctly, the diff- the big difference is between just getting filling a house with numbers or really reaching with a laser focus the most appropriate people for your message. That's right, the right people. Yes, right. sir. Okay. And now can you reveal the secret and the power of the word reach? Yeah, the secret and the power of the word reach. I'm on a mission to put entrepreneurs, organizations, and individuals on a million stages in the next decade by 2027. We're tracking and measuring that on an annual basis. The magic power and the word of reach is that we believe through stages and those million stages that we're going to have an opportunity to reach a billion people and reach a billion people in seven different industries, seven different niches that are the influential industries and niches in our world by putting them on the stages of influence. And so that's the power and the secret behind the word reach. Wow. (laughs) Now, I believe that in your system, each letter stands for something, correct? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, true. It's uh, revenues. You got to have revenues or you can't have reach. And a lot of people like, oh, but you got to have revenues or you can't have reach Um, there. It's engagement. You know, you got to really engage. You got to collect people's names, assets. You need team tools and technology in order to really do it right. You can't do it on your own. Um, And then communication, like how do you design this signature talk? And then you got to hustle. H stands for hustle. And it's really beginning to hustle and, and, and figure out what the right way to do things. The right way. That's the beautiful thing in which we do. It's like, how do you do it the right way? So. Mm-hmm. What would you say to a person who has an important message? Well, you know what? I think you've already covered it. And yeah, we tackled that. You, you did. Yeah. You did tackle that. So. And you kind of touched on how a one-hour stage can be... Well, no. No, Elaborate a bit more. How can one hour on a stage beat an entire year of marketing? So here's how it beats it. We call it the one-hour launch. That stage I told you about in January, I was on there for one hour. It probably took me a few hours to win that. Watch this, everybody. This is it. This is like the power of the one-hour launch. Maybe took me three or four hours of my own time to win that stage. I don't know exactly how much time. I'm just guessing there. But then I was on there for an hour. What happens in an hour literally expedites the sales process. You know, if your average sales process is six to 12 months or six to 12 weeks, or even in the nonprofit world to get donors, it's 18 to 24 months. What you can do in one hour will expedite the sales process to that one hour. I have a lot of people who will do an online launch and their whole team is involved. Hundreds and thousands of man hours, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of ad spends and marketing spends and all of this and take an entire year to do maybe a million dollar launch, which is not even a normal thing. 
or you can do it in an hour on a stage. And so not only does it expedite it, um, expedite the sales process, but it also shortens the amount of time that you have to put on your team and your resources as well. Now, don't get me wrong. When we do a stage like that, it takes time and resources on the fulfillment side of things. But either way, it would take that on the fulfillment side. I'm talking about the sales and marketing side. I just shortened the cycle and I expedited the amount of energies or efforts or people that have to be put into the marketing process. That is a great answer, and I never thought of it in terms of it being even more uh, powerful if in, in a way than uh, an online launch. Interesting. Yeah, I'll, yeah, very much so. That's why I call it a one-hour launch. Yes, sir. Wonderful. Now, what are the three steps to use speaking to build your business or brand? Yeah, and, and that's we'll talk about this at the end. I have an amazing resource for people that's going to help give them training that I've never done on this, but there are three critical steps. If you're going to do speaking right, you have to do three things. Critical, three things. Number one is story. You have to be able to tell your story well, meaning your signature talk. And so number one is really story and signature talk. And so that's the first piece. Number two is you've got to be able to get on stages. You have to have a system to get on stages, which I'll talk about here in just a second. And then number three, you want to scale those stages with your products and services so people can go deeper with you. Story, stage, and scale. And so when you have those three things really dialed in, and we're going to help your audience dial it in with a free gift, when you have those three things dialed in, then you can begin to use speaking correctly. A lot of times, most of the times, like I would say 95% of the time plus, people even who are doing speaking successfully Aren't, are still doing it unsuccessfully because they fall short in one of those three areas or multiple of those areas. And those are the areas that our 15 years of experience breaks down that says are the three most important areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I can see the picture that you're painting. I mean, it's the difference between giving a great presentation and forgetting to follow up, which would be eliminating the, the scale, for instance, correct? Yes, sir. You know, it's like, yeah, that's great. Or, or, getting, or getting great and not being on a stage. Then you're doing it in your mirror and you're only doing it to yourself. And that's the problem with too many coaches out there that maybe coach just to the speaking. It's like, yeah, you got their talk style then, but you got to get them on the stage. So it's, it's being great on stage. It's getting on stage and it's scaling past the stage. And a lot of the times, one, most of the times, multiple of those are broke. And that's where our system comes in to fix it. Because you could have the greatest talk, but if you're not giving it in front of anybody, you're giving it in front of yourself. Or you could have the greatest talk and you get on stage, but then you're not scaling past the stage. So now you got to live stage to stage. Or you could have the product suite um, and the stage, but you're not great on stage. And now word begins to spread that you're not good on stage. You can see all of the different combinations and you pick that up quicker than anybody else than I've ever talked to. That's exactly right. It's like you have to really have all three of those dialed in and what we're going to give away at the end is going to help them dial all three of those in. Fantastic. What are stages on demand? It's just having a predictable system that wins stages for you. We have a predictable system that wins stages for us and, and our students. And so one of those three ways to you know that we just talked about was stages. And so... Um, one piece of what we're going to show you is how to create a predictable system in your business 
to win a stage, whether it's a local stage, a state stage, a national stage, an international stage. Like we want to be able to give you a predictable system, i.e. a predictable campaign to win stages. Because when you have a predictable system or campaign to win stages, you'll start winning stages on demand. And that's what we have. We have 15 years of tried, tested, and proven results. We're not only out of our own offices, have we booked over 25,000 stages, and there were 30 different people that worked for me that booked those stages, which means it's not about a personality, it's about a process, a system, a campaign. But now our students have also booked tens of thousands of stages across the world on their own using our system. And so we just want people to have a system to really begin to win stages on demand. Pete, what just hit me is not in terms of product quality, but in terms of systems, you're the McDonald's of the speaking world. I, I am of the speaking world. And there's different people. that That's a great, I've never heard that one. And a lot of people might do one or a piece of it, but we definitely are of the speaking world. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Did you see The Founder, by the way? What's that? Did you see the movie The Founder? I haven't. There's a scene in there that's worth the whole movie. When they show... The, the brothers showing um, Ray Kroc how their system works. And it's, I won't even try to describe it. It's brilliant. It's really worth, I think it's on Netflix right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Because it is, it's the system, not the product. As we know, yep. they, they yep. sell terrible, you know, an excuse for food, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pete, do you invest in formal personal development? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm going to a mastermind next week. I mean, I've, I've, I've spent, you know, several thousand dollars for a mastermind. I, I think the mistake people do, um, so first off, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in the last three years on myself and on my team. Uh, um, I, you know, sending team members, just sent a team member out on a, like a two-week getaway because I just felt like it was a, a great thing for them. My wife is actually at a powerful um, conference with her mom right now in California as we record this. I'm at a mastermind next week um, called Mastermind Talks. Um, and so I definitely invest in personal um, development and professional development. I think people talk about personal development and they forget about professional development too. And so what I would really encourage people to do is in the first year, I invested in everything. I was trying to buy everything, every course, every event, every mastermind. And then I got really clear on what is the thing that I want to be able to um, most area I want to most be able to grow in this year. And I would think about that at a personal level and a professional level. And then the things that I invested into needed to align with those um, because that's what was my focus on the year. And so I still do. I just don't do as much. I go deeper into what it what it is that I'm really trying to develop in myself versus just like, you know, buying everything. So I, I believe it's a critical thing. And I believe it's one of the greatest investments that you can make um, for sure. And who are the thought leaders you admire most? You know, I'm a big big i'm i'm in gratitude and and we just came on our third three-year anniversary and i just sent them a message and said thank you and uh brandon bruchard is a huge uh, uh thought leader that i'm very grateful for very very grateful for he's the one that pushed me out and helped me launch advance your reach um i'm a big fan of ryan dice i just love ryan how he runs his business 
Um, I love how Ryan is a family man. Um, um, so I'm a big Ryan, definitely a big, you know, Ryan's taught me a lot. Um, I told you I'm a big Pat Quinn fan. A lot of people don't know Pat Quinn, but the guy will help people design their first talk or their next talk. And it doesn't matter if it's someone who's never done a talk or someone who's the highest rated speaker. The consistent thing is I'm, I am so much better in the whole comprehensiveness of the story talk side of things than I ever was. So big fan of Pat Quinn. I know I'm probably forgetting somebody. So, but those are a few people that made a, a really, really uh, big, big impact on my life. Really, really have a lot of respect for JJ Virgin. She's been so good and kind to me. And uh, she's another thought leader that I, I think a lot of as well. Beautiful. I certainly follow Ryan Dyson and uh, Brendan Bouchard. In fact, I just got a, a gift person just gave me uh, High Performance Habits, his latest book. Uh, I read that. It's a it's a beautiful book. I, it's an incredible book, and and I love it. And actually, you know, yeah, I'll tell you a couple other people. I have a just just for reference sake. I was just in Africa with my son. I took my ten year old over to Africa with Stu McLaren's Village Impact Organization. And Stu is a fellow Toronto uh, Canadian. He's also Canadian, and um, and he is the McDonald's of continuity reoccurring membership sites. And uh, went over with his organization. I have so much respect for Stu and Amy's heart for entrepreneurship and giving. But I also got to see Russell Brunson over there and and how much he's contributing over there. And so it was really cool to be able to spend time with those two as well. They're they're both pretty phenomenal in what they're doing. Yeah, Russell is uh, is now doing um, important philanthropic work trying to um well um, save children from sexual slavery. In Haiti, yep, yeah, yeah, he's a, yeah, yeah. So I have a lot of respect for him because of mm. that side of the equation that I've gotten to see with him. Fantastic. What is your favorite book, Pete? It's not. I mean, it's not even a question. It's the Bible. And if if you're like, oh, Pete, you hear that a lot or whatever, I'd encourage you to go read the Book of Proverbs. Like, just like if you want to see where the wisdom of our world comes from, just go to the Proverbs. Like, go. There's 31 Proverbs. And for four or five months, I was consistent in reading one a day. And then obviously the months that didn't have 31 days, I didn't. But it's amazing to see where a lot of the personal growth uh, movement started from. It's the book of the Proverbs. And I love the Proverbs. It's full of wisdom. And uh, I think no matter what your background is or faith, I think the book of Proverbs can serve anybody. So it's my favorite book of the Bible. Fantastic. What about a favorite quote? Um, you know, I thought about this one for a little bit. I've never really thought, um, I think it's a Maya Angelou quote that I share a lot. People don't know how much you, you know, they don't, they, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's not what, how she says it, but that's the gist of it. Like, you know, um, how does, how does she say it? Um, oh, I think it's that they will forget what you did, but they'll never forget what you feel, what, how you make them feel. How you make them feel. That's exactly right. Yeah. They'll forget what you said. They'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And I feel like one of my purposes on earth here is to help people realize all that they can be. And so that quote, I love that quote. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's definitely one of my favorite. And where do you see yourself in five years? And I thought about this one a lot, too. Um, well, you know, uh, we just found out. Um, 
my wife and I have been married for 16 years. And um, we were told because of her health challenges with lupus, which is in remission for the last eight years, we've been told for 16 years that we would never have a kid. And so we adopted three amazing kiddos who are our kids, Keaton, me, and Emma. They're 10, 8, and 5. And so it's a historical landmark for us today because this year we started all three of them in the same school full day. And we are really, really excited about that. And on our 40th birthdays, a couple of weeks ago, we found out that we were pregnant and that we have a very healthy baby and that we were told we would never, ever have a, it was physically impossible for us to ever have a kid. And we found out a couple of weeks ago that our, not only are we pregnant, um, but it's a healthy baby. And so five years from now, I'll, I, I will once again have all of my kids in school again. <laughs> mm. uh, so, yeah, it's a... Uh, I, you know, it's just, yeah, that's what I think about. That's the first thing that I thought about. So That's wonderful. Yes, sir. Uh, now, if you could wave a magic wand and change just one thing in the world, what would it be? You can't change two. You can only change one. Compassion. Um, compassion. Um, the person who had an influence on where I'm at today is, is a man by the name of Daryl Scott. And uh, his daughter, Rachel Joy Scott, wrote a paper for her fifth period English class called My Ethics, My Codes of Life. It was one month before she was killed at Columbine. And she, the theme around the whole paper is compassion. And she talks about how compassion could change our world. And I completely agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that too. It's wonderful. And now, how can people contact you? And uh, this is probably where you'll talk about the, uh, the gift that you prepared for our storytellers. Yeah, I would really encourage you to go to Advance Your Reach and AdvanceYourReach.com forward slash change. AdvanceYourReach.com forward slash change. And we have a thing called the One Hour Launch Workshop. And it's it goes into those three areas. Like by the time you're done with this, you're going to be like, wow, not only do I know how to get on stages, I have a list of all the stages that I could go after. Like we actually give you a list of like hundreds, if not thousands of stages. You're going to have your signature talk that like outlined and actually performing, potentially performing a three minute version for us. And you're going to know how to scale a stage. It's about 60 to 70 minutes of training. And I really want to encourage people to go take advantage of that because it won't be up there long. It's called the one hour launch workshop. It's at the bottom of the page. You can click up, click there and sign up for it. But AdvanceYourReach.com forward slash change. Well, thank you for that generous offer. And storytellers, remember what Pete shared at the beginning. He feels strongly about teaching, not teasing. So this is not a grab for your information. It is truly a generous offer that he's giving to you for free. And any final thoughts, Pete, for our storytellers? Yeah, I just encourage you. Everybody that's listening is at a little different place, a little different season of their life. And they're thinking, man, maybe this stage thing would work for me. Maybe it would allow me to have more influence. Maybe it would help me attract more customers. It's not a maybe. Like, I want you to know it's not a maybe. Twelve years ago, I got a call from my dad. I was in Colorado with my wife, and we didn't have a kid at the time. And my dad was 49. My stepmom was 48. And my dad said, you're never going to believe this, but we're pregnant. And so we went back to meet my little brother nine months later. 
And I remember that weekend seeing my dad hold my little brother different, like completely different. My wife and I are like, man, something's different here. And as we spent time that weekend with my dad, we were getting ready to come back to Colorado. And he walked my wife to her side of the car and opened the door. And then he walked me to the other side. And he looked me in my eyes and he said, I want you to know you'll always be my little boy. But I feel like JT is my second chance to get to do things right. Mm. In his letter to me, he asked me for a second chance. And it's pretty funny how God gave him that second chance. But here's the thing, that would have never been possible without a stage. And so I really want to encourage you to think the possibilities with stages that exist for you is really, really big. And so whether, you know, you're going to something you're going to do on your own or hopefully you take us up on our free training or if there's some other way that we can serve you, like stages are a powerful vehicle that's going to allow you to influence the world and be able to create more customers in your business. And so hope that's something that people will take serious. And I'm just so grateful. This has been this has been a really fun, uh, very fun podcast. So fun. Thank you for it. Well, I want to thank you uh, for what I will call your world-class contribution to this show. And I don't just throw those words around uh, liber- uh-huh. liberally. For your authenticity, your passion, your clarity. And it was apparent to me from the moment you began speaking that you're operating at a very high level of professionalism and integrity. And thank you so much for that. Well, thank you for having me. Those words mean a lot. And thank you once again, storytellers, for spending time today with me and Pete Vargas. What an uplifting and inspirational conversation this was. Pay this forward. Let people know that they can hear it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and at the website, changeyourstorypodcast.com. Go to the website, download the free ebook that I have created just for you called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. Also visit www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power and choose any audiobook of your choice for more than 180,000 titles. Download it, keep it absolutely free, and get one month service, all of Audible service, for free. Pete made an offer to you, and when you go to advanceyourreach.com forward slash change, you will see three different offers on that page. The first one you can obtain immediately. It's a downloadable PDF, which will be a blueprint for you to create a powerful presentation. The second one he spoke about is the one-hour free workshop, three videos that will take you to through the steps of launching, not let's say of uh, growing your business. He calls it the one-hour launch workshop, but it's... um a workshop that will help you to grow your business by using speaking 
as your powerful leveraging tool. And I don't think I have to convince you that the ability to get up on a stage and speak is one of the most powerful communication assets you can have. When you sign up for that free course, you'll notice that it states that you're going on to a waiting list. Just be patient. You will be notified very shortly when they're making that available again. And yes, you will get it as a free gift as a storyteller listening to this podcast. We spoke about many, many things. There were so many game-changing insights that Pete offered, not only about living, but about communication, professional communication. And I opened this particular show with a declaration that was a declaration that was instrumental in Pete's life changing. The declaration is, Everything happens for a reason, and that reason is there to serve me. I learned that when I took a powerful transformational course, a five-day live intensive called the Enlightened Wizard Training Camp. I urge you strongly during the next week to take a good look at your life, have the courage to... Recall an event that you still haven't let go of that has some powerful hold on you that was painful. That you, whenever you think of it, it's colored with negativity. And have the strength to reframe it, to ask, how can I make this great? What did I learn from that? How can I take this event that I hate that happened to me and view it as something that was meant to happen? It happened for a reason, a good reason, and that that reason is there to serve you. Have the strength, the humility, the courage to find out how it can serve you. And if you make that honest attempt, you will get a powerful, liberating answer. To help you begin, ask, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.